Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome. To the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Libro Cubicalist. Let's start quickly and try to follow the five minute per segment rule because a little behind the scenes action on a very rare, I don't know if ever, occurrence. I'm recording this on a Sunday morning, the Lord's Day. So uh, I got shit to do, including um, Start Dusk Till Dawn 3, podcasts, Just Tweets, haircut, Switch Cars, Get Lunches, maybe Movie in Bed. That's just a sort of a list I wrote last night, because I find writing a list helps my brain calm down. Let's try to kick it up a few notches by saying that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. A million dollars. Who am I trying to kid but myself? The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes because those are good for podcasts and this is one. So why not? It pays for things like this spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Uh, for things that are going to appear in this episode, as you do at the top of the episode, to cover your ass like so very much underwear. Let's push a button that will get us started. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rough you some things. Uh, today's movie monologue sponsor is a plus four gold rap battle microphone. Thank you, sponsorship. Movie the first, and it looks like I have five, which means there's no way I will fit them in, because I am not good at doing that. Damn it. Well, let, let's try today. See, see if I can do it. This yammering, not productive in my effort to fit them all in. Oh, boy. Uh, movie the first, The Martian. Yeah, finally... Uh, got my hands on a copy of The Martian, and I am glad I did, because it was a very good movie. Is it a comedy? You weirdos? No, it's not a comedy. It's a sci-fi movie. Like, come on. What's what's the deal with that? As Jerry Seinfeld might say. Uh, then again, he might not. Uh, there is comedic moments, sure, as in... Most sci-fis are not 100% serious 100% of the time. They'll throw in the odd little little gem. Uh, Matt Damon, Trapped on Mars, is the story. You probably have seen this, I would assume. Uh, most people have uh, rating. Uh, I don't know if I go 5 out of 5, but I'll give it a solid 4. Uh, very, very strong Robinson Crusoe 
uh, Tom Hanks and Castaway feel to it, which I enjoy. Uh, taking something we've seen before, or at least very often read before in books, the idea of a deserted island, uh, which I always enjoy that, the sort of ingenuity of man, how he takes uh, what's around him and converts it to his needs, which is amazing and also probably what is going to doom the planet to uh, destruction and wipe out all humanity. So, kind of a double-edged sword, you might say. Uh, but but I, I like seeing that. And then add the addition of, oh yeah, it's also in space. I guess we're all technically in space, when you think about it. But uh, much more harsher spaciness, let's say. Okay, I uh, gotta move on, gotta get these done. Sponge, the Spongebob movie, colon... Ew. Uh, uh, sponge out of water. Yeah. Uh, I've always been a big Spongebob fan. Um, it's one of those cartoons that, although for kids, aims a lot of its comedy at adults. So, that's good. Uh, this, I don't know if it's as good as the first movie. I think I had more enjoyment in the first movie. A little, just very slightly false advertising in the sense that you think, at least I did going into this, that a lot of this movie would take place, as the title suggests, out of water, but uh, that's only the last little chunk, basically. Um, one cool sort of thing is we sort of see the the birth of the theme song to the television show uh, in this, at the, at the end of this movie, so that's, that's a little spoiler, uh, in the form of Antonio Banderas, who's got a fairly sizable role in this, which uh, was amusing. Um, watch it with a kid and you will both laugh. So for that reason, I'll, I'll, I'll go four out of five still. It, uh, it was a good, uh, good little kid's flick. Speaking of kid's flick, Summerhood. <laughs> kid's flick in the sense that it stars kids, not as kid's flicky in the sense that it's a summer camp comedy about the horrors of being ten. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's kind of Meatballs-esque, uh, kind of uh, the Sandlot, very, very strong feelings of this being Sandlot-esque, but, uh, but better. Because I think I spoke of the Sandlot on this podcast, how I uh, loved it as a kid, then tried to rewatch it not too, too long ago. I think it was maybe last year, and it didn't really hold up. Uh, what I would do, if you loved the Sandlot as a kid is don't ruin your memory of it by rewatching it and maybe watch this instead. It's basically just kids at camp and the hijinks and shit they get up to. Uh, good. Uh, what's his name? Uh, well, let me just see. I've got the IMDb open, so I should be able to see it. John Cusack is the narrator. so for, He's sort of from the kid's point of view. A little Wonder Years-y uh, in that regard. Uh, Rating-wise, I think I'd probably go... Th- three to maybe four out of five so we're on a good track with with some four movies here including this next one. Oh, look at that i don't think i've ever given the rating before i've spoken of the movie straight out of compton uh this is not a subject that has a great amount of interest to me in particular as i didn't really listen to the music uh of the nwa the group uh, as is blatantly obvious by that sentence. Okay, I was going to try to hold, but 
obviously I'm, I'm not able to hold to the uh, timeline so I'll, I'll just speed through this uh, rating wise still go, go for very much enjoyed it which uh, if you are interested in this subject matter uh, surely you'll give it a 5 out of 5 because it was so so incredibly well done uh, the feel of documentary is too strong a word but you can kind of get the feel of what probably allegedly I, I don't know how to phrase this what believably happened during the during these times uh paul giamatti incredible as the um uh sleazy uh sleazy manager uh, something i was thinking about paul giamatti is he, and it came up during this watch this with the missus i should say uh is that i said to the missus paul giamatti is the best at getting angry than any other actor just a sudden flare-up of anger uh, that is sometimes comedic in pitch but still believable um everyone in the movie was good and uh i would recommend it period uh okay so uh, moving on to the last movie this was a late entry in that uh i was gonna add it to next episode but figured since i just watched it i'll add it to this uh Ex Machina. I huh. uh, heard about this for a long time. I don't know why it took me so long to watch it. But boy howdy, am I glad I did. Uh, available on Netflix. Let me read the IMD for this one. Uh, a young programmer is selected excuse me, uh, to participate in groundbreaking experiment in synthetic intelligence intelligence by evaluating the human qualities of a breathtaking humanoid ai so uh it has to do with the interactions of three people uh the person who created this artificial intelligence robot uh the robot itself and uh the guy brought in to sort of deal with the robot to determine whether it is human-y enough let's say uh incredible uh, because I'm out of time, I cannot spoil this movie, but um, it goes in places that you don't expect, and uh, very much enjoyed it. I think this was my f- most favorite movie of the ones today, uh, so I'm going to go 5 out of 5, yeah, very, very much like this. It, the, the sort of sci-fi that seems grounded in reality enough to be believable, which I enjoy. Like I, I like when it goes fucking crazy, and... And and you think, man, there's no way this would ever happen in a million years. But uh, this has a feel of that sort of near reality, uh, which I also enjoy. I I like the swing back and forth. So without further ado, let's continue on with what we're doing here. Just having a podcast. Oh boy. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Giant Space Heads Got Talent. Alright, today we're talking uh, Rick and Morty Season 2, or 2 if you prefer. 2 is of course French for 2, which is amusing, and why I said it. Uh, Okay, so uh, I should throw out a thanks to a Mr. Adam Clark for this, for the reason that uh, I watched season one, I talked about it on this podcast, 
uh, and figured once season two had completed, I would get my hands on it and uh, watch that and bring it back again. Uh, the thing is, I sort of forgot about it and forgot to check for quite a long time, so it's been available for a while. So his reminding me of the awesomeness of the show is why I am talking about it now. Uh. Uh, okay, so uh, if you're unfamiliar with Rick and Morty, this is the sort of classic, the the Libro Cube, Jordan Maywood, lackadaisical Libro Cubicleless classic pity and envy situation. Pity, because you've never seen Rick and Morty. Envy, because you now have two and some episodes, I do believe, to catch up on that you can binge watch galore. Uh, the seasons are only like 10 episodes. So like I watched all 10 episodes in a day, back to 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 back. I don't know if that was not enough or too many, uh, which <laughs> kind of puts you in a weird headspace. Uh, I, I should mention, uh, one of the creators of Rick and Morty is, uh, Mr. Dan Harmon, who, um, I believe, I don't know if this episode has come out yet. Maybe it has. Uh, it was an episode titled, uh, I Wish Dan Harmon Was My Father, something to that effect. And uh, his touch on this television show is very much felt the sort of manic -y craziness. Sure. Uh, the Rick and Morty, the titular <laughs> Rick and Morty, are a, a crazy scientist grandfather and his not very bright but human gives feeling to the world's uh, uh, grandson uh, I always forget which is which is which, which is which like with uh, Jake and Amir of Adventure Time I quite often forget which is Jake and which is Amir with this I quite often forget which is Rick and which is Morty because I have a problem with names and the remembering of them uh, okay so let's look at some of the episodes of season two uh, let's see uh, a Ricky in Time is the first episode. Oh yeah, so uh, we sort of left off the last season with the pausing of time. <laughs> uh, because uh, the parents were just about to enter the house, seeing that it was basically destroyed from a party. So, what do you do in a situation like that? You, of course, pause all time uh, so you can clean house. Now, the problem being with that, apparently, is that when you restart time, uh, you're sort of tearing things so that uh, if you touch any one from the pause time, you're basically going to fuck shit up. Now, that fucking of shit up uh, comes in the form of splitting off in different times. What? This was an incredible sort of feat in brain-bendy animation. Uh, it started off where you'd have a sort of normal episode and then it would break into two screens because um, one of the characters who was not paused made a, made a tough decision. So that meant that the decision went both ways, so time split into two. Uh, hard to explain, but I, I think you see where I'm going with this. There's there's that idea that whatever decision, no matter how small, uh, creates a new universe. Uh, so if I sort of turn right at a stop sign or turn left, depending on my choice, will create a whole new universe. One in which I turned left and one in which I turned right. That could be the only difference. 
But then, as we learn on this episode, many differences from those small decisions uh, can affect the world as a whole. Okay, um, kind of good, I suppose, that I only had time to talk about the first episode, because that means you can experience the rest of the craziness for yourself. Uh, let's just say that probably, uh, you know, and I, and I didn't plan on saying this, so I don't know how to phrase it exactly. Not that I plan anything I'm going to say on this, uh, obviously, very obviously. Uh, Futurama is one of my favorite cartoons, probably in my top five, just period. Uh, this is definitely pulling up towards that, if not surpassing it in some aspects. Uh, just in terms of some of the, the mind-bendy craziness, uh, which Futurama does, but maybe doesn't do as severe, let's say. Hmm? So how about that? Five out of five rating, if you couldn't tell from the words that I just said. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Today's book banter sponsor is Mount Everest. It's the Mount Everest of mountains. Okay, so today we have a book called Himalaya by Mr. Michael Palin. Michael Palin, you might recall, from a show and series of movies and comedic group, Monty Python. Yes, that Michael Palin. Uh, Sort of famous for that, but also in later years for his traveling of the globe and uh, creating BBC, British Broadcasting Corporation. Oh, shit, I don't know what BBC stands for. Uh, Creating television shows that document his travels around the world. Uh, The other thing he does is write of these travels. So that is what one of these is. Um, I kind of thought while reading this that I steer away from... Uh, uh, non-fiction 90 some odd percent of the time uh, and it takes a lot for me to choose to delve into a a non-fiction. I I think I said that backwards. Anyways, I normally read fiction and non-fiction doesn't appeal to me so when it does, it's got to be something that I feel is going to be strong and uh, my uh, my enjoyment of Michael Palin in comedy uh, and my interest in the in the subject of Himalaya and s- sort of that area of the globe meant that you know what uh, I'll give this a try I'm glad I did on one hand uh, on the other uh, there were times in this book where uh, I felt my mind wandering that I don't often feel in a fiction book very often um, so that's kind of a bit of a downer uh, rating wise I don't know. This is this one's hard to rate because uh, I will admit I did skip some chunks of it because that uh, was wasn't keeping my interest, which is not a good not a good indicator of a like of a book. Uh, okay, let's say this: the parts of the book that I was interested in and focused on and was able to keep my attention uh, will go like a four out of five. Uh, the, the the parts where I sort of wandered off and 
wasn't thinking of what I was reading and would read five pages having no idea what I just read because I wasn't paying attention, those get like a two out of five. The book as a whole, uh, I'll go three, but that feels kind of generous. Hmm, sad. Uh, I don't like doing that because Michael Palin seems like an incredibly nice guy. This book, um, if you are more interested in nonfiction and a sort of travel log, which kind of is what this is, I'm sure you'd give it much, much higher marks. Uh, something kind of funny, not necessarily funny, haha. Okay, I just edited out a cough there if you heard anything. But it was a very loud one. Sometimes I don't edit out. That one was a loud one. Anyways, uh, something kind of funny, but not necessarily haha. I was saying is that uh, for a lot of this book, for some strange reason, uh, I was picturing uh, Eric Idle in the situations that Michael Palin was describing himself in, which is kind of weird. I wonder why that is. Maybe over the years, I think I've seen Eric Idle in more than I have Michael Palin. Uh, Eric Idle also from. Uh, uh, Monty Python. Monty Python's 5 out of 5, <laughs> including things with Michael Palin, so, you know, there's that. Uh, he travels from India all the way to uh, through China, through Mongolia, Tibet, uh, meets with the Dalai Lama, that part was pretty cool, to hear the experiences of someone who went through the, sort of meeting this mystical dude uh, and what's involved with that. Um, uh, learned a little bit about uh, Tibet and China and the whole free Tibet thing so uh, having really no knowledge of that before it was nice to hear not nice in the sense that it's not a very nice situation uh, but nice to now have a little more background into it uh, I think that's uh, basically all I got to say about that mm. and plus time time Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Bud, B-U-D, the Robot Gardener. Thank you, Bud. Buddy. Uh, okay, so uh, today, do, did, uh, today, today talking about something I did and do from time to time, this is getting very unwieldy, um, and that is a little something I like to call the PS4 Cleanup. Uh, PlayStation Plus Cleanup may be a more accurate description but hey what are you going to do uh, so uh basically most of my gaming nowadays seems to focus more on uh pc gaming just because i got a pretty good rig and i got it hooked up to my uh, big screen and, and it's a very cool experience um and you know things of that nature so uh, I, I tend to uh, tend to go towards it more often. Uh, plus the whole Steam thing, you know, other than the worst customer service experience I've ever experienced, uh, other than that, they're pretty good. Uh, so what happens is uh, I have a PlayStation Plus membership, and I still love my PS4. It's still an amazing piece of uh, hardware and still has good things going for it. But uh, I don't touch it as often as I used to in the past. So what happens is, because of my PlayStation Plus membership... Uh, as long as I log in once a month, 
uh, and download the free games you get every month, they tend to sort of back up a little bit, which is a nice feeling, actually. Uh, the, the feeling of, I have a membership for the service. Uh, every month I get free games. They pile up. And then I could sort of go through them at my leisure. So it's a feeling of getting your, your bang for your buck. Um, this time my bang was didn't feel as high uh, as it has other times. Just in the sense that most of the games... This, this happens often, I would say. Like maybe 50% of the time, maybe even more. Uh, the games that are free are not games that I would seek out otherwise. Uh, games that I don't play for a great amount of time. Uh, the perfect example in this particular instance was a game called uh, Super Meat Boy, which uh, I, I played, I think, uh, I, maybe on the PC, like a, a teaser uh, a teaser levels or something like that. I, I, I definitely played it before and had heard of it uh, and was frustrated by it. <laughs> this is a sort of famously super, super hard game. I did play it for, you know, 15, 20 minutes until I just, uh, it's lost my interest for the reason that it's so incredibly frustratingly difficult that I don't have fun playing it, which some people like that. I am not one of them, as if you've ever heard me speak of frustrating games on a game gabin, uh, you will know those are not up my alley. Uh, a game that I did enjoy uh, of the ones I played was one called Hardware Rivals, uh, very, very reminiscent of, and this is not surprising to anyone who's played both of these games, uh, Twisted Metal. So basically you're in a car, or a tank, or a jeep, or th there's a few choices. Mostly jeep or tank related. Uh, you've got guns, you drive around, you try to kill people with the guns on your car. Uh, it's not as good as Twisted Metal. Uh, one of the things of Twisted Metal... <laughs> it's just kind of strange to say now that I think about it, is the story and the variety. Uh, the variety being the different types of cars you can drive, where here it's basically two with slight customization to those two types, the Jeep and the tank. Um, and then there's no real story to behold. Like uh, in Twisted Metal, you've got uh, the, the ice cream clown guy with his head on fire. Here you have a, a guy in a Jeep... <laughs> no fire heads at all. Uh, that, that being said, uh, I did have some fun playing it, and one of the reasons was, and this is sort of surprising, I don't know why it's surprising, but it is kind of surprising, I was very, very good at it. Like, uh, I kept coming in first in every match I played, uh, and was just zooming ahead of everyone else. Like, like there was one match where I think I had, like, 20 kills. Uh, uh, everyone else... Had uh, had like 20 kills and was not killed once. Everyone else was, well, much worse than that. So it was kind of a nice feel to play online and actually be good. Which uh, normally, if you're someone who plays such a wide variety of games like myself, like I, I could play Call of Duty and I could play it online, but because I'm not doing that every single day, like a lot of the people who do do that, do do. Um, they're just going to dominate me. So uh, it was nice just to kind of feel the other side of that. Okay, uh, we're out of time, which is a shame because uh, it doesn't leave me a lot of time to talk about my favorite game of this PS4 cleanup, which is called Grow Home. Ah. Uh, I think this game won some awards, and uh, I could see why. Uh, my only complaint of the game, and this is a good complaint 
for the developers of the game to hear, uh, is that I loved it so much that because there wasn't a huge amount of it, that was my disappointment. I, I wish there was more. Uh, I could definitely see that they're going to revisit this game because I am not alone in this feeling. Uh, basically what it is is you're a robot... Um, stranded, uh, I don't, maybe stranded's not the right word, uh, who finds himself on a planet, um, and your ship is up in the atmosphere, and you've got to reach it. The way you go about that is through growing plants. What the fuck? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy, and the, the mechanics involved work so well that, uh, even when you get up really, really high, and uh, accidentally fall off the plant that you're growing, which will happen, um, the sense of frustration isn't huge, um, whereas it is in, say, a Super Meat Boy, for example. Um, A lot of freedom to change your environment. Uh, One of the cool things is that... uh, One of the cool things I like to picture, anyway, is you have so much freedom on how you grow this plant this plant that you're trying to get up to your spaceship <clears throat> that I'd like to see pictures of what some other people's <clears throat> excuse me giant plant looks like in the end like mine was pretty unwieldy i think because i was trying to reach a lot of things uh, that was the other thing that happened that hadn't happened to me a while in a while um that sense of collecting things So uh, on your way up, you can get samples of the various flora and fauna and then bring it to a scanner and it'll scan it for you. Um, Excuse me. Um, Got frog throat syndrome. Uh, There's other things you can can collect. Uh, What the hell were they? Uh, Seeds. Oh, that's at the end, actually. Um, the only thing I didn't get 100% collection is these, uh, glowing rocks, which, uh, I got like 60-70%, and, uh, potentially I could see myself going back just for the fun of trying to get the rest of them and maybe get my platinum trophy, which I haven't done in a long time. So, I uh, highly recommend Grow Home, 5 out of 5, maybe slightly lower just because the experience was over quicker than I had wished. Like, uh... Something I think they could easily do in Grow Home 2, which I assume there will be more, just because it was so popular, uh, that is you going to different planets, different biomes, which is kind of a little... uh, It's been done before, uh, the whole biome thing, but uh, I think it would work well with uh, with this mechanic. So please do that, makers of Grow Home. Five out of five. Yeah. make thousands twerking from home try webcamming or camming as it is often referred to okay uh, internet intercourse item the first is victor lucas and tommy tellerico live stream what victor lucas and tommy tellerico you may remember from a little program called reviews on the run may have heard of it uh back in the 90s and no, it wasn't on the 80s. Back in the 90s and the aughts, 
and up until today even, uh, there's a show called Reviews on the Run. It was one of uh, my favorite shows, just period. Um, Victor Lucas and Tommy Tellerico would uh, review video games. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also had another show called Electric Playground. Uh, Actually, if I do recall the way it started is with Electric Playground and then they would have a segment called Reviews on the Run on that show which then uh, sort of broke off into its own show um, that is that was still airing up until very recently so uh, I've spoken of uh, Victor Lucas and Electric Playground and the cutting of the cord uh, and them moving their things over to the internet because they're no longer going to be on television well uh, not great for them, I assume, as far as, you know, work is concerned and pay is concerned. Uh, good for us in the sense that it means they can do things that they've never done before. For example, uh, Victor Lucas and Tommy Tellerico can sit down and have a, uh, <clears throat> have a chat online and, uh, we can be witness to that chat which is a little slice of nostalgic goodness. Like, uh, I, I can't remember a time where I've... Uh, oh, you know what? Uh, somewhat recently on this podcast, I spoke of a uh, reunion called uh, for the web series I Hit, with, I Hit It With My Axe. Uh, very much had that feel, except maybe even stronger, because this was... Uh, this show, these two guys were very strong influence on my life at a, a, a young age when influences on my life could be strong. So uh, to see them sit down and shoot the shit for, you know, an hour and however long, uh, was really, really hit some heartstrings and it, and it was just an amazing thing to see. The other thing is they, they mentioned that this might be a semi-regular thing, so hopefully get to see these two interact. Uh, also, it was one of the very few times that I actually uh, watched a live stream. Like, quite often, uh, things like this, I'll catch them afterwards, the recording of them afterwards, but I was watching this live as they were talking, so maybe that uh, that sort of thought in the back of my head pulled me in a little more. Plus, I asked uh, some questions. They were not answered, but uh, I was sort of a little late to the game, so uh, maybe that's why. Uh, recommend that. It is up online. Uh, you can You can watch it now, so yay that. Oh, okay. Uh, so, we're going to talk a, a little self-promotion-y thing here. <clears throat> uh, and that is my weekly YouTube playlist. What? Okay, so this is a couple of things. Uh, every week, I will, uh, on Sunday, which is today, which I'm going to do after this, uh, is post a video on YouTube. Could be a mash up Could be uh, some sort of crazy video ranging in a wide variety of subjects. Uh, today, for example, ooh, give you a little behind-the-scenes action, uh, it's going to be uh, involving Jean-Claude Van Damme and the movie Carrie. Huh? You may have heard of those two things. Have you ever seen them mashed up? No, but you can. Uh, the other thing I do each and every week is take uh, every video that I plan to watch and then put it on a playlist. So because I watch, you know, between 50 to 80 YouTube videos every weekend, uh, what I'll do is on Thursday, I'll add them all to... Every Thursday, I'll make a giant playlist of all of them. 
Uh, that way I could sort of just push play and they play one after another. Now, the reason I'm saying this to you is that if, if you were to subscribe to me on um, YouTube, you could have all of these uh, videos at your disposal. Something I just started this year, which is amusing and I think potentially paying off, is uh, whatever your number, the first video you add to the playlist ends up being the thumbnail to the playlist. So I found a one hour plus video of porn star Mia Khalifa twerking. <laughs> so basically I've taken that video and made it the first, uh, the first video of the playlist. Uh, so that then the thumbnail is a picture of Mia Khalifa's butt, which, uh, potentially gets some viewers in, uh, like, uh, I probably have. I don't think it's on par to the amount of people who listen to the podcast, but it's like 50 plus people. Um, uh, I don't know if they, they probably don't watch everything on the playlist, but, but I, I can kind of see how many views the playlist gets. I, I don't really know how that's measured, to be honest with you. So I, I just thought I would bring it up here. Uh, those two things, self-promotion-y, but also podcast-related-y. Um, so there you go. Uh, okay. Moving on. You've heard we're already out of time, so I've got to speed through these. Uh, next one is, is normal difficulty back? I think potentially. Yes. Uh, normal difficulty is a YouTube channel I've spoken of on this podcast quite a number of times, probably, <clears throat> probably possibly even into the double digits. Now, um, he will occasionally go away from YouTube and won't see anything from him. Uh, there's times where I thought, ah, well, okay, he's gone. He's not doing this anymore. Maybe I'll unsubscribe because I like a clean subscription feed of people who actually, uh, post videos. But then I, because he's so much seemingly like me, uh, in, in somewhat in looks and definitely in, uh, sense of humor and, uh, attitude seemingly, uh, that, that I can't pull the trigger and, uh, I'm glad I haven't because he's been posting a lot lately and I recommend you tech it tech out yeah you tech out his youtube channel really really tech it out that means check it out in the tech world hmm uh okay so uh, moving on to that to our final item which is comedy bang bang the podcast with guest weird al and special announcement uh okay well i, I sort of debate giving what the special announcement is um, but maybe you can assume if you are a regular watcher of the Comedy Bang Bang television program and know that uh, first we had band leader Reggie Watts and then we had uh, band leader Kid Cudi and then we had band leader who because we need a new one because Kid Cudi wasn't able to do the, the season five I think it is who could we get who could we get who could we get how about weird god damn how yeah like uh i was at i think i was at work listening to this podcast and when uh, they announced that weird al was going to be the new band leader on the comedy bang bang television program uh my jaw literally dropped and if someone had been watching me they probably would have said are you okay because uh such such incredible news um uh, Reggie Watts did such an incredible job. I haven't seen the Kid Cudi episodes yet, I will be honest, just because I usually watch it on YouTube. Um, because I don't uh, have uh, IFC. <laughs> Which is a joke that uh, 
uh, uh, Scott Ackerman, host of Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast and television show, quite often makes, but not a lot of people have IFC uh, cable subscriptions, so quite often people will do as I do and watch it on YouTube. Uh, I'd like to say, if I did have IFC, I would watch it, because I'm such a big fan of it. Love, love, love the show, uh, almost as much as I love the podcast. They're two different things, really. Similarity, sure, but differences, Yes. Anyways, uh, since we're out of time, uh, I'll just say this is amazing news. What else is amazing is to say that it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper